0: The disciples, noticing what Jesus was doing and knowing he was tired after a long day, clambered in after him and quickly joined him in preparing the boat. It was clearly time to go. Leave this, Peter whispered to Jesus as he placed his hand on Jesus' shoulder. We can take it from here. We do know what we're doing, you know. Go on, have a rest. It's okay, Peter, Jesus replied, glancing back at him. I like helping out where I can, and I'm really keen to help us get going quickly. "'Besides, I think I'm getting pretty good at this now.' "'Not as good as we are,' joked Peter. "'We, just to remind you again, are the fishermen, "'and you, just to remind you again, are the preacher. "'Go on, lie down.' "'I'm happy to help,' replied Jesus. (laughs) "'I know that,' continued Peter. "'But really, we don't need your help. "'We can handle it from here.' "'Are you sure?' said Jesus. "'I'm just worried you might need me for something.' "'I am sure,' confirmed Peter.' We are sure, aren't we boys, raising his voice a little and turning to the other disciples. Sure of what, shouted Andrew as he and a number of the other disciples looked up from the ropes they were untying. Sure that we don't need Jesus on this trip. I've told him to lie down and have a rest. Oh yeah, Andrew replied as the other disciples started nodding. That's fine, we can manage Jesus, just do as you're told and go and lie down. All right, all right, conceded Jesus. And he reluctantly made his way to the back of the boat and lay down. Within moments he was asleep. Peter looked across to where Andrew was still untying his rope and winked knowingly. See, he said, I knew he was tied. He just doesn't trust us. Come on, let's get going. They pushed off from the shore, rowed into deeper water, and quickly raised the sails to catch the strengthening wind. All was set for a speedy journey back across the lake. Peter took the helm and began to muse on just how good a sailor he was. It's what he did best, musing about how good he was at so many things. A warm smile of contentment spread across his lips. Enjoy the journey, Jesus, he whispered into the wind. Oi, Jesus, Peter shouted at the top of his voice. Wake up, will you? Wake up! Peter was shaking Jesus violently and slapping his head firmly from side to side for wrestle to wrestle him from his slumber. Jesus seemed unconscious to Peter, not just to sleep, and he'd been shouting at him for a good few minutes already. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! He yelled with all he had, but his cries seemed to be swallowed by the howl of the wind and the break of the enormous waves that were crashing over the boat. Jesus didn't wake up. He was wet. He was being beaten. The roll of the boat had crumpled him into an undignified mess, but still he slept. It was as surreal to Peter as the storm itself that had suddenly spiked itself into life-threatening fury. Jesus, wake up, will you? Wake up! But Jesus slept soundly, peacefully, oblivious to the turmoil that lay outside his dream. In a moment of hopeless de- desperation, Peter turned to the other disciples and with huge arcs of his aching arms beckoned them over. I can't get him to wake up, Peter panted. So we'll all have to try. Let's all shout at him together. I'll count us in and then just shout his name. Ready? One, Two, three. And on the three, each disciple cried out Jesus with every ounce of strength they had left in their body. It was indeed a very loud cry. Jesus, thankfully and at last, opened his eyes just a tiny amount. And as they began to focus on the group of friends staring intensely at him, he began to smile. How pleasant it was to wake up with those he loved most gathered around him, looking at him lovingly. Are we there yet? He mumbled as he began to come round. You know, I was enjoying the most incredible dream. I dreamt that we were on a mountainside and there were thousands of people and they were all hungry because they had no food. But then all of you prayed to my Father in heaven. Then we saw an amazing miracle take place where you... Jesus, shouted Peter, shut up, will you? We need you right now or else we're going to drown. We're not in a make-believe mountainside. We're on a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and we're in a horrific storm. Unless you do something, we are all going down. You need to save us, Jesus. Save us. Jesus suddenly recovered his senses. He realized he was wet, very wet. He saw the panic-stricken faces of his disciples staring helplessly at him. He felt the jolt of the boat as another wave whacked against its hull. And the roar of the wind and the drive of the rain rushed into his senses, driving out all thoughts of miracles on mountains. He stood up, and before extending his arm of authority across the raging sea and announcing rebuke on the violent storm, he turned to his disciples with love in his eyes and spoke with the most incredible calm. you said you didn't need me. You said you had it all under control. You said you were the experts. You said I could sleep. You told me to sleep. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? And as the wind died in an instant and the waves fell silent and the rain immediately stopped, those words sank deep into the disciples hearts jesus had spoken the truth as he always did but he didn't condemn them for their fear or mock their bravado or belittle their intelligence their independence he just rescued them from the danger they found themselves in that's what jesus always did they never forgot those words they never forgot that night that is a story from the Bible, as I say, a dramatized story from the Bible of Jesus calming a storm. And the reason I have chosen that story today is because, as we'll hear when we hear some of the testimonies a little bit later on during half time, there's an element of calm coming into different people's stories when they encounter Jesus. So that's been a bit of a trigger for me as I've been thinking about preparing for this morning the calm that Jesus brings to somebody who sees Jesus, who welcomes Jesus into their life. But actually, I'm not going to concentrate fully on that element of the story, the calm that Jesus brings, although that is a big theme in that story. It's more the fact that as I was thinking about this, I suddenly realized that the theme of the story that I've just read out to you is one more of Jesus wanting to be involved in the disciples' lives, wanting to help, wanting to take some kind of part in their existence wanting to help them sail the boat across the sea of Galilee as it were but the disciples and with all good conscience choosing to try and move Jesus out of the way claiming that they could do it themselves saying it's okay Jesus we've got this one we're the experts in this situation you can have a sleep at the back of the boat and it struck me that that's how many people want to try and do life they wanted to try and do life without Jesus they want to try and do life on their own And a lot of the time, people that try and do life on their own do life quite very well, thank you very much. It's easy and able to do life without Jesus. That's not a thing that's impossible to do, and you can do life without Jesus, and life without Jesus can go okay as well. That's how most people lead their lives. That's how most people live their lives. You don't have to have a good life to have a life involving Jesus. You can just do it. And yet, there's a sense that with Jesus on the boat, With Jesus involved in your life, with Jesus there and present, things can look radically different. Things can turn out radically different. Now, I don't want to get on the wrong side of anybody this morning here who might say they haven't got a relationship with Jesus or don't follow Jesus, don't know much about Jesus, doing Jesus on your own, as it were. But the mere fact that you're here at all is evidence of the fact that Jesus has already affected your world. You're here in this room this morning to support one of the four people that are getting baptized today. And if you have come as a support, as a friend or a family member, alongside Katie or Mike or or Matt or John, got them all, uh, to support them, first and foremost, I want to really thank you for coming. I want to thank you for coming to this room, particularly if you're skeptical about Jesus, skeptical about church, got questions about faith all that kind of thing it's no small thing for you to have come into this room and put yourself into an environment that is pretty much an alien environment uh, to you so thank you for coming. really appreciate it we want to honor you we want to bless you we want to recognize that you're here and really say look really thank you very very much for coming the fact that you're here though is evidence that Jesus has already got some kind of influence in your life because you're hearing about him right now I'm talking to you about Jesus and even, uh, even if we weren't in this room today, Jesus also has an influence on our life, even if we're trying to do life without him. Because even when you put a date in your diary, for example, the mere fact that you're putting something in your diary that has a date on it is affected by the existence of Jesus. In our culture, our date system is wholly and entirely based on when Jesus supposedly appeared on planet Earth, all dates prior to that moment before Christ, all dates after that moment after Christ. So anybody doing anything in business or normal life, putting a date in your diary, that has the underpinning knowledge that Jesus is affecting your world, even if you don't want it to. Christmas is coming and the goose is getting fat, as uh, people are singing to me at my home regularly, 55 shopping days to go till Christmas. I was shopping yesterday, picked a few things up. Christmas is something that is entirely about recognising the birth of Jesus on this planet. Unless you're someone that doesn't do Christmas, your world is affected by Jesus. Easter is the same good friday easter sunday the death of jesus on good friday the resurrection of jesus on easter sunday he's affecting our worlds jesus is present in our world it could be on a slightly darker note when was the last time perhaps you 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 shut your finger in a car door or you dropped a hammer on your foot or you shouted at someone who's not quite as good as driver as you are or you express some frustration at your team not performing to the same level that you think they should week on, week week out. Many people, when they get to moments of frustration and anger and desperation, use the word Jesus as an outlet for their frustration. So even if you're someone not doing life with Jesus this morning, I want to put it to you that, in fact, some of the time you already are and therefore challenge you to think that it's actually quite difficult to do life without Jesus at all. But more than that, I don't want to spend time trying to convince you that you can do life without Jesus even though you think you can't. I want to put forward to you that life with Jesus is incredibly good. Flip the coin over and say that life with Jesus is the most amazing life you can possibly ever want to enjoy. And I want to look at it through this story with three very simple points. And the three very simple points are these. That life with Jesus means that you are never alone. Life with Jesus means you're never alone. Life with Jesus means you always have hope. And life with Jesus means that you can expect miracles to happen. You're never alone. You always have hope. And you can expect miracles to happen. We're going to very, very quickly run through those three points and see what we think about them. So the first is life with Jesus means that you're never alone. In our story, as I've alluded to already, the disciples wanted to take over. They wanted to take the boat to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And they were happy for Jesus to sleep at the back of the boat. But what they weren't happy to do was to leave Jesus on the shore. They didn't want to leave Jesus away from where they were going. They wanted him with them on the journey. And the reason they wanted him with him on the journey is because Jesus is good to have around. He brings reassurance and safety. And in my life, I've got a relationship with God. It's been going 30, 40 years now. I know Jesus is with me every step of every journey that I take. I am never alone. There's another verse in the Bible where Jesus says this, Matthew 20, verse 28. Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. That is a promise that Jesus is with us every single minute of every single day, all people, all time for everyone. It's no small promise. It's an amazing thing. Jesus is here. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you are never alone. You always have Jesus there as a comfort in your moment of need. Many people in Oasis Church will know that uh, Janie, my wife, and I have been struggling on a cancer journey this year. Uh, we've had two major, I say we, she's had two major operations, it's nothing to do with me. She's gone through the pain of it. She's had two major operations, she's had chemotherapy in between, and it's been a stretch, an emotional stretch as we've faced the difficulty of what cancer can bring, and there are other people in this church, and there might be other people in your world who you know are going through a similar journey. When your wife, in my case, someone who's precious to me, special to me, uniquely one that I love so much, is being wheeled away on an operating trolley to an operation that the surgeons have described as life-saving, when you're left in that moment, it's kind of you and, well, you, isn't it? You know there's family and friends alongside, thinking about you, praying for you, having love for you in that moment. But when Janie gets wheeled off For the second operation in particular i'm just there me and my thoughts and yet for me it's not just me on my own it's me and jesus me and jesus and yes i do ride on the wave of all the love and support that everybody has brought to us and thank you to everybody that's done that but actually in those moments of massive stretch huge questioning about what's going to happen huge questioning about what is happening in those moments i have the knowledge that jesus is right there alongside me. I am not alone. He's promised that he's going to be with me every single minute of every single day. And it's a massive strength and encouragement. If you're someone that does life without Jesus, just to challenge you, you never have that. There are moments when you are on your own. And you can see it in life. People really don't know what to do. They get into all sorts of difficulties because they don't have an outlet. When you're a follower of Jesus and you know what you've done, how much he loves you and how much he's done for you, you can have that knowledge that you're never alone and he's always with you. So that's the first encouragement. With Jesus, you're never alone. The second, life with Jesus means you always have hope. You always have hope. What do we know about Jesus? What we know about Jesus is that he had a reputation for for pulling the proverbial rabbit out of the hat. He was one who was known to do some amazingly good things. He had a reputation. That's why people followed him around because they wanted to hear his teaching, because it's incredible. They wanted to, to rub shoulders with him, because he was such a nice bloke. And they wanted to see some of the amazing things that they knew he could do. And the disciples knew that he could cause blind people to see. The disciples knew that, that, that he could cause deaf people to hear. The disciples knew that he could cause lame people to walk. The disciples knew that if they were stuck on a mountainside, there were thousands of people and everybody had run out of food and they only had the tiniest amount, Jesus could do something and cause it to explode and feed a multitude. Jesus was known as someone who, praying over people that had died, could cause them to come back to life again. Jesus had a reputation. Being around Jesus meant that you always had hope. And it wasn't a will-he-won't-he type of hope, a sort of uncertain hope that many of us carry about the future. This was a certain, solid, dependable, trustworthy hope Jesus could deliver. Jesus was known as one who could deliver. He always brought hope in hopeless situations. It's why in this situation the disciples woke him up, because they had hit a moment of massive hopelessness. The storm had hit, and they were going down. And in our lives today, many of us will be going through questions around hopelessness. You might have a big uh, uh, world vision And your heart turns as you see the whole world trying to cause itself some degree of destruction as wars ravage and suffering ravages and terrorism takes over and politics seems to go all over the place and kings and queens seem to do nasty things. You may be somebody who is affected by the hopelessness that is in the world and think, where is it all heading? I know I feel like that sometimes. Or it might be down at personal life level. You might have a degree of hopelessness. You might have uh, hopelessness about your job. Will you ever like your job? Will your boss ever like you? Will you ever get a job? What about any relationships you're in? Is it going well? Is it going badly? If it's going badly, have you got hope that it'll ever get turned round? Have you got hopelessness about a wife or a husband or a loved one a little bit like me who's suffering with a long-term illness and wondering what's going to happen to it? Have you got a hopelessness about whether anybody will ever like you? Because you've got insecurities in you. And you're thinking, no one is ever going to get me, never going to get out me. Have you got hopelessness around something that someone did to you one time, and you can just never forgive them? And inside, you know you're broken forever. That kind of hopelessness can cripple us. But actually, with Jesus in our boat, there is always hope. There is always hope because Jesus has the potential to pull the proverbial rabbit out of the hat. With Jesus... There's always hope. And third, life with Jesus means that you can expect miracles to happen. Yes, there's hope, but Jesus has got a track record. You can expect miracles to happen. When Jesus did miracles, they were head-turning miracles. He didn't do miracles all the time. He didn't just walk around doing miracles willy-nilly all over the place. We know that he did miracles because the big ones are in the Gospels. And they're great stories that the gospel writers wanted to see and marvel at. But there's another verse at the back end of the Gospel of John where it says this, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have enough room for the books that were written. And I love that verse because it shows you that whilst we've got the gospel accounts with all the big stories that are in there that we absolutely need to know and remember, there's some, a whole load of other things that Jesus did when he was on planet earth so many that you couldn't get him into all the books in all the world there are almost so many that you couldn't remember them all and it makes me think that if if we were around when Jesus was around it would have been a huge bag of fun being around him all the time okay he might not have done miracles all the time but you can expect him to pull, pulling rabbits out of hats all the time for a bit of fun because that's what Jesus did My uh, wife, who I've mentioned, she used to be a professional ballet dancer. thought you'd be interested in that. Uh, And uh, a number of years ago, she had a friend who's called Tom, who's a member of the orchestra. And Tom was not only a great clarinet player, but he was also a member of the Magic Circle. Uh, Matt, who's getting baptised today, interestingly enough, is also a member of the Magic Circle. So if you want to see a little trick, go up to Matt later. I'm sure he can pull the old rabbit out of the hat, see if he can do it as well. But the great thing about being around Tom, when Tom used to go out for meals with the ballet dancers after the shows, everybody was waiting for him to do something. And he had, so he had a reputation of being fun to be around. What sort of trick is Tom going to do this time? So he did little tricks like making the uh, pepper and salt pot turn into radios when the waiters used to come round. And music used to start playing out of the salt and pepper pot. That sounds quite good fun, doesn't it? He had a little trick of making money appear in the wine bottle when it was on the table. You know, not just sort of a rolled up note, because that's easy, you just put it in the pot and push it down, can't you? But like coins that just appeared in the bottle. He had another trick where he used to cause builders' bricks to appear underneath the plates as they were serving up. And how he did it, nobody, nobody could possibly guess. And, and where did the bricks come from? But he, it, it, so credit to Tom. But the point I'm making is being around him was loads of fun. He had a reputation of being fun to be around. And Jesus is the same. Jesus has a reputation for doing something unexplainable, unfathomable, unusual, delightful. He was a miracle worker. And in this particular context, even though the disciples were the experts, they woke him up because they needed a miracle in their lives. And when Jesus was woken up, yes, he said to them, oh, you of little faith. But what did he do? He stood up and he delivered on the miracle as it said in the story he didn't condemn them for their fear because they were in fear he didn't mock their bravado because they said they didn't need him he didn't belittle their independence because they thought they could do it themselves he just rescued them from the danger they found themselves in that's what he always did that's what Jesus always does he can do miracles in our lives I'm praying for a miracle for my wife and I believe that God can do it I'm praying for a miracle for other people in this church who have got cancer, and I believe that God can do it. A number of years ago, I prayed for a young baby called Charlotte, who was my goddaughter, who had a brain tumour, a third the size of her brain cavity, growing out the side of her head. Was at Great Ormond Street Hospital, Children's Hospital in London. Had been sent home by the doctors, who are right across the world because her case had gone global, didn't know what to do in order to help her recover. A number of us were praying for a miracle, and last saturday she celebrated her 18th birthday god can do miracles and if you are a follower of jesus if jesus is in your life you can expect a miracle so life with jesus means you're never alone that's exciting life with jesus means you always have hope that's exciting and life with jesus means you can expect miracles to happen here's a question for us all to consider this morning. Does that sound attractive or does that sound unattractive? Attractive or unattractive? No middle ground. I want you to decide for yourself today, whatever your disposition is towards Jesus, whether you think that's good news or bad news. Because in our culture today, Jesus does get a lot of bad press. He's dissed a lot in our culture today. Christianity is marginalised a lot today. And yet when you are presented with Jesus, the goodness of Jesus, the life in Jesus, the light that he brings to our situations, what you find is something that is really good news. Not a downer at all, but something you might think, man, I never knew that. And boy, I do feel lonely sometimes. And could I have a relationship with Jesus that could change that? And boy, I do feel hopeless sometimes. But could I have a relationship with Jesus that can change that? And boy... There are some miracles in my life, in my situation, that I would love to ask God to do. And could that make a difference in my life? My encouragement to us all this morning, if you like, if that's you, is to go to the back of whatever your boat is, give Jesus a nudge and wake him up. And then see what happens. Thank you for listening. That's the end of the message.